on this episode of Whiskey Throttle Radio, we'll have Austin Root, Chris Aldridge, and Brandon Leith um, on the talk just about their 2018 uh, outdoor series so far. And then Billy Sharp will join the show to do a little Redbud National recap. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or just check out our website, www.whiskeythrottlemedia.com, for all of our podcast shows. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Enjoy. Off episode eight of Whiskey Throttle Radio is Austin Root. What's up, man? Not a whole lot, man. Just down here in Florida. <laughs> yeah, how are you enjoying your week off? Oh, enjoying it. But uh, as you know, as as a week off, it means for more training and harder riding. So since we got the weekend off, so yeah, yeah you know, I'm sure there's nothing like riding in this Florida heat too. No, no, nothing. Right now, it's brutal. Like, I looked, I went in my truck today, and it said 104, and people, I mean, it's just so humid, I can, like, just taste, like, taste the humidity. It's brutal. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> so. went, I went riding down, yesterday down in Puna Gorda, about two or, two or three hours south of you, and it's it was brutal. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine doing that every day, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty tough doing 30s, and, and like, yesterday, I had uh, 30s yesterday so it was pretty difficult and uh just the heat uh, but it makes if you can get pushed through it it makes racing that much easier yeah so. exactly definitely um well you know jumping right into your 2018 outdoor season uh, you've had a, a couple good rides in but you've also had a little bit of setback uh, i know you were sick to start the year and then you had a crash at southwick but all in all how are you feeling about your season so far yeah i feel uh pretty good it started off shaky and uh and we worked some kinks out, and then I crashed like at Southwick. Everybody knows. And but before that, I think we were making uh, steps in the right direction at High Point uh, with my overall finish. I finished good both motos inside the top twenty and scoring points. And then just it was a bummer going to Muddy Creek too. I uh, had a really good first moto. Only had three laps to go, and I crashed. And the bike landed on my my whole right arm, and I broke actually my thumb. Oh wow! And so I just I've been riding with a broke thumb too. So I went to, uh, I went to go to Southwick anyway, you know, just to uh, just to get it done. You know, I, I got a shot too at the Asterix uh, before, uh, just to try pushing through it. I mean, I and it was I I rode one day before that. I was like, all right, it felt good, good enough to uh, have my confidence and head you know, in the right direction going to Southwick. And then it was just a bummer deal that Southwick, I just had my hand taken off the handlebar that first moto and there's just nothing I could do. I mean, it was just one of those things that was just, it was a freak thing. <laughs> so, yeah. With you know, 40 guys going off the gate at the same time, it's, it's bound to happen. Kind of like what we saw at Redbud this weekend, you know, someone's going to get tangled up. 
Yeah, it's just it's just part of it, and you know, and I a reason I went I was I would have done the second moto probably, but I mean, Doctor Bogner from Asterix told me if I didn't go to the ER that he wouldn't have let me race for three weekends. Oh wow! So kind of was for because he said that you know Jeremy Martin and all his situation. He said that he's had already like five guys with spinal injuries, so. He, the way I was laying there for the like the time I was laying there because I did get, you know, I was unconscious for a while. He wanted to make sure I was okay. Nothing else was worse because I was complaining about some shoulder pain. So and uh, he wanted to make sure, you know. So I don't blame him. And thanks to those guys, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then you know, you know, speaking a little bit about last weekend, you went twenty three eighteen at Redbud. Obviously, coming off a rough weekend before, you got to be kind of happier with that than at Southwick but man that track looked gnarly you know talk about that a little bit how rough was it oh my god man I've never seen it seen a track so rough like just even I mean my first practice out there because they flipped the flipped Mm -hmm. it and had 250 250s going second man by the time we got out there I was like are you kidding me this is like normally like the first motos like this isn't even like practice for us right now. Like this feels like a first moto. <laughs> like, so when I got out there, I'm like, Oh my goodness. So uh, second practice, they, they cleaned the track up and I kid you not, no joke that the ruts were back. Like in a couple corners were like, I think maybe three laps. It took them three laps and the ruts were already back. That's how deep it was. I mean, just there were ruts where you had to, you like, there's the one corner. I, I Sure, it, it was on TV. Everybody saw after yeah, the, the downhill. The, the real black dirt, right after the mechanics area. Yeah, the real, yep, the real dark dirt had like seven, eight lines in it, and it wasn't just like the ruts were bad. I mean, they were gnarly, but it's coming out, and there's eight, eight or seven lines. You know, you have to go up that mm-hmm. big triple. So, I mean, it was just, it was crazy. I mean, how do you prepare for that? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no really practice tracks that have that. You know, it's but that's what I like, you know what I mean? It's challenging. So, so hey. no, it was, it was definitely gnarly. Yeah, you're an East Coast guy, right? You're from South Carolina, is it? Yeah, I'm, yep, South Carolina. That's where I'm originally from. So, so no, I, I mean, I, I, I love stuff like that. My first moto was a little shaky because my, my bike wasn't running. Um, like, I did the two practices. And we went to start up my bike after I after we washed it, and nothing, nothing. It wasn't running. It wasn't starting over. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So we had uh, Scuba from Rockstar come over, and uh, he literally gave us every single part, electrical wise. Um, still wouldn't run. So we're like, what is going on? So the thing thing it was it was the uh, stator. Stator went bad. So we had to change that right before first moto. And uh, my mechanic and my dad were actually there. They had to put they put the gas tank on so quick on the uh, throttle cables. So that first moto, my throttle was sticking. It was bunched up. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I, I was at I, I was at High Point too, and I I saw some hecticness going down there right before the start of the second moto with you too. You had a bike problem there as well, right? <laughs> yep, I had bike problems there. Also, I had my uh, my battery died. Oh. So. My battery died in my uh, Husky, and just because I have a fan that's running uh, for the radiator, 
and it draws from the battery. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, I guess that was from it. And Husky gave us a bigger battery and a, and a tray to put underneath the seat um, to help that. I've never had that problem before, but it's been so hot normally just yeah. sitting there. Or I think like the temperature, I think something wrong with the gauge because it was reading like it was, it was reading wrong and it would mm -hmm. just keep running while it was sitting on the stand okay. when it shouldn't. So they taught me some tricks to, to stop that, and that's why that happened. But, yeah, that freaked me out big time there. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I was at High Point. It was brutally hot, too. So I, that might have played into a little bit. It was really hot. Yeah, it was hot and muggy, and that's why the, the fan was keep up, it was keep kicking on. And, and yeah, it was a bummer. I was, I mean, I just stayed positive. You know, it's hard to, when you're, but when you have bike problems like that, it's hard going up to the line mm -hmm. and trying to just stay focused. And when you miss a sight lap, <laughs> so yes. especially yeah. at High Point, man, those ruts were <laughs> everywhere, super deep. Yeah, that, yeah, those are the by far the two uh, gnarliest tracks so far. Was definitely High Point and Red Bud. Definitely the most demanding tracks I've ridden so far this year. Hey, but hey, so. you had your best moto after all that, you know, was going on, so. Yeah, yeah, I did. I just, uh, I stayed positive and just, uh, just rode, you know. I didn't, I just, I stuck with the same lines mm -hmm. as the first moto, kind of was not the best ideal. <laughs> but, you know, after not having a sight lap on that track, it's pretty difficult. <laughs> you kind of just want to go with what you're used to because you have mm -hmm. no idea what the lines look like. Yeah, So. Fair. For sure, man. And, until you until you get in behind someone quicker or something like that, then you might know. You yeah. know, you could pick up on something. True, but yeah, definitely makes sense. Uh, so you, you said earlier training down uh, here in Florida. You're at the Nest, right? Is that is this called that still? Or they changed the name? No, it's it's actually the Sandbox. Okay. Uh, Jason Baker owns it um, from Dream Track. Okay. Um, he actually owns it now, but it's just me, Kenny um uh chase and adam well adam's hurt right now but he's uh actually just been getting on the bike and stuff like that doing some cycling with us okay so how'd you, how'd so you, that's been good how'd you get hooked up with those guys how'd you get down there actually i have a guy that's uh like my manager he kind of helped me out and he he actually knows jason and i've actually spoke with jason too before and uh they were really cool man with uh with me and I, I and Jason liked how my first year went he knows my story about uh my first year and do, driving to all the rounds and really just you know what I mean struggling but still getting inside the top 20 and he really you know what I mean he was like man we need someone like that down here that's mm -hmm. um you know working hard has that good work ethic and so I was like man this would be awesome and he, he thought it would be a good fit with all the guys, and it's been great, you know. So we've all get along. Everyone's awesome, include me in, into that group. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been great, man. So definitely, definitely couldn't ask for a better place to be training. Yeah, you, and there's definitely, so. like you said, there's definitely some fast guys down there with uh, rocks and sex and riding right now. Obviously, <laughs> uh, AC's hurt. So when you first got down there, was it intimidating? You know, like lining up next to Kenny, or did you? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely intimidating. I mean, I just rode like you know I normally ride. So I, I tried telling myself, you know, it's just another day. You know, what I mean, it's just just go out there and do what you can. You know, but it is nerve wracking. Like 
like the, even yesterday, I've been riding here for four months. He was out just taking some vid, videos of me. And I was like, oh, man, he's out here, got the film on me. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is kind of nerve-wracking. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, you know what I mean? It's someone you always watch. And after his, you know, crash and everything and to what he's come back from and stuff, you cannot diss someone like him. You know what I mean? The, what he's done. So, because uh, everyone kind of looks up to him, so uh, for sure. And so I, I still think it's still cool for me to to have that, you know. But no, it was very intimidating. But uh, like I said, the guys have been awesome. They 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 include me. Everyone's been cool. They put me right out there in the motos. Uh, I do the bike rides with them. Go to the gym. It's just I mean, everyone's been really cool. So um, I'm just trying to build off everything that I've been learning. Yes, you you know like I I never met Kenny, but I hear he's an awesome dude. So does he and like Sexton help you out a lot too, like on and off the track as far as like you know fitness goes, your nutrition, and then just you know kind of help you out riding too, little things here and there. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, they're so focused on what they have yeah. to do. But if there is something that if I'm struggling with or uh, something I'm doing, they do give their input and they're really you know what I mean helpful in that way to help me out they do want to see everybody at the place that we're training at do good you know everybody wants to see each other do good so it's kind of like that kind of the place that we're at it's like a good good bond everyone just wants to see everybody do well um so that's that's what makes it more fun you know so it's 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 definitely a place where you go you get your work done but everyone is uh it's a good environment yeah and you know i I always, I mean, I'm obviously nowhere near your level. I just race the local, you know, woods races down here in Florida. But I've always learned, you know, just keeping it fun uh, always helps. And, you know, fun is fast is all my saying. So as long as you're having fun, you're going to go fast. And, you know, just learning little things here and there from, you know, faster people or guys who, you know, won championships before, you know, it's going to help you out. Yeah, yeah, because everybody, I mean, everybody struggles, you know. every mm-hmm. Everybody has a bad day and uh, every day can't be perfect. So if I'm having a bad day, man, or, or if one of them is having a bad day, we're always uplifting and we're, you know what I mean? We're always cutting up, joking around, just trying to make sure that, you know what I mean? Everyone's still enjoying it, you know, cause every day is kind of a pain and it's tough being out in the heat and, <laughs> and trying to ride and it's, every day is a moto day you know sometimes we gotta have a little bit of fun yeah or or we get yeah. you know so but no that's that's awesome you ride what tracks are you close to um, uh down down here in florida i rode 74 family fun park yesterday i know like rj hampshire has been and jeff walker go go down there in the off season and then uh was, oh okay was gonna go up to tampa mx for night practice uh but i guess they got yeah. rained out so so just add up. Oh dang! Okay. Florida Cycle Park okay. down in Okeechobee. So I try to hit them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That place is pretty sick. I've been there, and uh, Orlando MX mm-hmm. is that still there? Yep, yep. Uh, that that place is uh, pretty fun. Yeah, you should uh, go there all the time. That. Yeah, that place is a lot of fun. Since we go here, I just I just tra- I ride here. Sometimes we'll go to uh, Sky Top. That's another track down here, and uh, Florida. It's like a private track. Um, I'm sure you've heard of it. Yeah. And we'll we'll go we'll go ride there. But uh other than that we kinda just stick at the facility. Did, um did you guys go ride Kroom at all? Uh, are you familiar with Kroom before no, Southwick? 
No, I we I haven't rode there yet since I've been here. Uh, the guys haven't really talked about it, but I think Ken has been there before. Um, but it just it just depends on how much rain we get or like we I mean we have Jason and and Sean uh, Sean Reif. Uh, he works on the track down here, and man, they he always has it right for us. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it gets drenched for three days straight. We got he got something. He's got a layout for us uh to ride so that's 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 the best thing about being here there's always something to ride and yeah Yeah, i was gonna say that's the beauty with florida you know like i i pray before i go riding or before one of our woods races i hope it rains like the day before because then the track is just epic then the next day because the soil's so soft (laughs) yeah yeah and i don't know if where you are but like where i am it rains at least a little bit every day yeah it's raining right now where i am it's like yeah, exactly. Right here, right now, it's raining <laughs> also, and it'll be perfect for tomorrow. It's just, it's that enough rain to, sometimes it rains a lot more than it, than we would like it, but most of the time it rains enough where it keeps the track pretty sick mm-hmm. uh, throughout the week. So, yeah, so I'm pretty pumped on that. For sure, mm-hmm. and then, hey, if it does get too muddy, it always keeps you prepped for that one uh, mud moto we seem to get every year. Yeah, Mud Moto, and we got we got a sand track that uh, we ride. Um, Jason's added a lot of clay to uh, the main track that we ride, so it's actually pretty sweet. It actually forms ruts, and it gets more like for a Florida track to get ruts and stuff like that. It's uh, not really common, so it's pretty sweet the the work that they've done. I'm sure you've seen some of the pictures. He oh, yeah. did some pretty amazing. He did some pretty amazing work. Um, to the track it's um it's unbelievable what that guy can do yeah i don't you really probably couldn't have anyone better out there uh doing your tracks up than you know dream tracks jason baker so yeah no way all right well so. awesome you're on the so you're on the jmc husqvarna team uh i noticed you got a ride with them at the end of last year outdoors you know talk about how that deal came about and uh, how they help you out well yeah i was um i was actually heading to uh washougal uh last year uh with no bike at all so i was supposed to yeah there was a big old deal with my cowies last year and i I couldn't get them running where i so i picked up actually uh i just needed to pick up a bike and i knew that they had jmc was along the way and uh i picked up a husqvarna rode it for an hour and i raced uh washougal last year and i finished the 17th 17th on it (laughs) so that was literally my best finish of the year, and every race since, or every since, every race after that, I would say, uh, was in top twenty. So the Huskies, man, I loved them. It was just a good fit for me. And um, after that, JMC kind of just said, you know, if I wanted to be on the Supercross deal, they knew I was doing Supercross, and they're a Supercross only team. Um, so they they offered me, hey, you want to ride for us for Supercross? So, so I kind of just was like, yeah, that's, that's the best, best option I got. They kind of just transport my bikes, okay. uh, uh, for supercross, uh, right now for outdoors, they don't do outdoors. So it's kind of still, I'm just on my own. I've literally, uh, they do have a renegade that's going, mm-hmm. but my dad has been driving to all of them and, uh, and I'm just literally still on my own for they they really haven't done really much for me for outdoors, so it's kind of just yeah 
gotcha. just a couple guys that are going, so it's kind of just more on your own. Okay. So just the the only thing nice this year is that I got my dad and and he's helped drive into the races and I'm flying. Um, so that's that's the big step that that's the only thing. But everything coming out of my pocket okay. in my parents' pocket. So yeah. yeah it's, it's probably so nice to fly the races because it seems like, you know, the privateers that I talk to that drive, it's rough, you know, working on the bikes on the road and then uh, trying to find a track and trying to find somewhat healthy food to eat during the week. So I'm sure the whole flying out helps you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it is tough. It is really tough. But, uh, I mean, I didn't mind it last year driving. I had a good system, me and my mechanic. We had a uh, – last year we had a pretty good system how we did it. It's just that, you know, I'm training down here in Florida, mm-hmm. so I might as well get the use out of it. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? You, you're paying for a place to stay and you're paying for a place to ride. So I got to make it my worthwhile to, to be here mm-hmm. and train here. So, so I, and I'm luckily I can do that this year and, uh, it's everything I can do just, you know, to get to the races still and stuff. So I'm still looking for some more help. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's still, it's, it's tough, you know. It is hard being a privateer, yeah, that's I, for sure. I, I, I couldn't even imagine, you know, driving all the rounds or even flying out, you know, spending your own dime just to go out there and uh, get roosted and, and suffer for an hour. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it's brutal, man. Like, even that's why I could kind of, I broke my thumb at uh, – muddy creek and i was kind of him and hawn about going to southwick i wasn't really you know i wasn't 100 percent for sure because i broke my thumb mm-hmm. but I, I i knew i had to go because i'm a privateer you know i already had flights booked i had hotels booked so i mean I, I, you can't really just cancel them last second you know what i mean yeah. like i mean I, I i it's just like that you know being as a privateer you you gotta like make that call okay can you you gotta be there or what you know I, even though I, I, you know, I mean, as a factory guy, you could be like, oh, I'm going to sit out maybe maybe a weekend. It would be best for the team yeah. and come back and be 100%. You know, it's just it's just small things like that as being a privateer. It's uh, it's tough, but I mean, but I can't complain, man. I'm, I'm yeah. flying to the rounds right now. I'm, I'm literally, you know, it makes life a lot easier. I'm having a, having a great time, man. Yeah, this year I'm actually having a lot of fun. You're living the so. dream. Yeah, I'm living the dream. I'm loving it. So. Yeah, and uh, you know, going back to Supercross, uh, unfortunately for you, you had a bad, bad crash uh, trying to get your Supercross license in Arena Cross. Uh, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that was. Uh, I had a really bad get off in Arena Cross uh, after the first round. Uh, they put me in like uh, ninth practice, <laughs> and. Uh, and super or arena cross mm-hmm. and uh they didn't really tell me a whole lot uh going into like about my points or anything they didn't really explain it to me very well because uh after that race after i got hurt we dug a little bit deeper uh my manager tony and um actually comes to find out i had all my points oh. so i didn't even have to, i didn't even have to do that and no nobody told me though they told me i had to i had to do it i had to do this but I had my points this whole time. So that was just a really bummer deal that knowing I, I went all the way up there, they put me in the last practice with kids that, you know what I mean? We're just mm-hmm. going there to have a, you know, I don't, you know what I mean? Just kids that I, I, I mean, I had, I scored national points, you know, yeah. the year before I'm not, 
you know, and they put me out with kids that it just anyone could sign up for. Mm -hmm. It just, it was very dangerous. And, and I'm kind of, I was kind of bummed about the whole thing after knowing that I had my points this whole time. So yeah, it was, uh, it was really bad deal because then I know all the hard work I just worked for, for Supercross, um, was gone, you know? So I was working really hard and, uh, no one could see it, you know? So, but no, I'm, I'm down here now and I'll be riding here, uh, Supercross, uh, getting ready for East coast, uh, this coming up year. So, yeah. So we're all so set. We're, down here. We don't have to hit any of those amateur supercrosses they're doing now that arena cross is done. We're good to go. No. No, none of those. Yeah. So I, I'm good to go. I don't, agree, uh, you know, agree with the whole road to supercross thing they're doing. I mean, sure, for some guys maybe, but like you said, you scored national points last year. Same thing with, like, Josh Moseman. Yeah, he's national number 71, and he had to go race arena cross. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have, I, I do, I don't get it either. I, I, I don't, but it's all gone now, uh, supposedly. Isn't that the word? Well, I know. I think uh, Arena Cross is done, but I think now they qualify at those amateur Supercross they do on Sundays now, because now there's more of those. So I think, oh, okay. I think it's something uh, like that. Something, yeah, I think they're doing. I, I'm not really sure what they're doing. I tried talking to the guy from AMA to ask what they got planned, but then. <laughs> No one's ever gotten back with me or anything, so I guess it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know what their plan is, but I, I don't understand how they're going to put guys out there that are getting scoring national outdoor points mm -hmm. back to, go go back to an amateur race. I don't. Yeah, it makes, I, it makes no you know, sense. Yeah, I don't understand how they can say, okay, you scored national points, but you got to go race this amateur uh, supercross. Like, I, I don't understand how they can do that, but uh, it is what it is. Seriously. Yeah. I guess they're just trying it's to kill the seats. But... Yeah, it's just all a money money thing. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate. But but other than that, yeah, that's that's it. But, no, we're just getting ready. Getting ready getting ready for this. Uh, it's nice to have this break this weekend. Um, I'm pretty pumped on that. And uh, just get a little downtime, rest my thumb up a little bit. Uh, rest my body up, my head too, since I had my concussion. <laughs> so I get a little rest, and and I'm pretty pumped on going to Millville. I love that track. Yeah, I was gonna ask which which national were you looking most forward to. I think Millville's got the most sand out of the rest. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to Millville because it's kind of like what I ride every day. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of like the same. It's not really super sandy, but it does have some ruts and holds up. So it's, it'll be pretty close to what I ride. And I'm actually my favorite circuit is probably uh, Washougal, as of right now because last year yeah. I, that's my best finish as a 17th. So I'm I'm really liking that place right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, going in I'm, there with a little bit of confidence just from last year it's probably helped you out a bunch. Yeah, last year's uh, you know race uh, bringing in that confidence and uh, and it's just nice now that uh, I started Muddy Creek. I've 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 rode all these races from mm -hmm. here on out. Okay. So, uh, so it makes it nice, you know. You go into the tracks that, oh, I've been to this mm -hmm. one, and you kind of already know it a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, so that that that's pretty cool. Because your first year, you're just like, oh my god, you don't know nothing. Yeah. You're freaking out. And you have so now so this time year, to practice too. Yeah, this time it's like, okay, so you get a breather. You can check things out. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's a little bit. It's a little bit nicer for sure. <laughs> that rookie year coming in is kind of like, oh, stressful. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> for sure. I couldn't so. really imagine. Uh, well, all right, yeah. Austin, before I let you go, who do you want to thank for, you know, getting you to all these rounds? Oh, for sure. I'd like to thank, uh, my mom and dad, uh, my, uh, manager, Tony. And, uh, man, I have so many people to thank, man. Uh, gosh, I'd like to thank my whole family, uh, down. I have a sister, a brother, uh, even my, uh, grandparents for helping me out. Uh, they've done so much for me. And, uh, I'd like to thank hundred percent fly racing, EVS, Enzo, fusion graphics. Um, I'd like to thank motion pro guts racing, Renthal, T3 carbon, uh, Matrix Concepts, uh, Dedicated Ride, Guts Racing, No Toil, and just every, everybody else I could uh, that chipped in to help me. I appreciate it. It goes above and beyond. Yeah. Uh, just just sponsors and like there's a lot behind the scenes. You know, there's a lot of people. Uh, my mechanic Greg, like you know, there's a lot of people that my I have a mechanic down here in Florida, Dave. It helps me out. It's just it 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 goes beyond than what people see. You know, it's sure. uh it's definitely a team effort, especially as a privateer. I'm sure you've talked to other privateers. It it literally mm-hmm. it's it's everybody everybody around around you. It's uh it's a it's to get to the races. You know, it's yeah. it's pretty amazing. You know, so, so I like to thank all of them. All right, well, awesome. But man. no, thank thank you, Kurt for uh having me on the show i really appreciate it oh thank you for coming on man and you enjoy the rest of your day and uh good luck good luck next weekend in millville man i'll be rooting for you yeah thank you so much man appreciate it later all right on the line with me right now is chris aldridge what's up man what's up man how you doing i'm doing good ready to get this thing going Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show Absolutely, man. No worries. Well, you know, the, the first thing I want to ask you is, how's that injury recovery coming? Uh, we saw you go down pretty hard at Thunder Valley. Um, you know, it's coming along all right, or at least I, I think it is. Um, you know, I rest and I broke my T3 and T5 acute, and uh, honestly, I, I really don't know because I never really went back. I went and got an um, MRI, and they told me what was wrong, and then I went back to work nine days after the wreck because no one's going to pay my bills, so... Um, basically it's been working and I mean, it, it hurts still, but my doctor told me six weeks and you should be good. And six weeks is on Saturday. So I'm going to swing a leg back over the bike this weekend. Yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. Uh, I know from my experience, I race motocross as well. Um, you kind of, whenever a doctor tells me, you know, eight to 10 weeks, I usually, you know, go with the, the minimum amount and kind of hop back on the bike when it feels right. Uh, and, uh, Absolutely. I'm sure. Absolutely. I know I've seen the doctor quite a bit, and I know you've seen the doctor quite a bit, so I'm sure you know how it goes. Yeah, I um, it, he was he's actually a really good doctor. I've seen him a lot, and um, he told me six weeks, and uh, the back would be healed. Now he said that doesn't mean it's going to probably feel good, but he said you could go back to racing. That's for sure. So you guys will see me wash shootle. Awesome. That's what I was going to ask when the comeback was. It was uh, for those of you who don't know, Chris showed up on a pretty much stock KTM 250 two-stroke uh, at Hangtown and he's been was killing it uh, running inside the top 10 at Glen Helen before a flat tire got him and then obviously he got hurt but it was really awesome to see you man uh you know just back racing because uh, I know you've had your fair share of injuries 
and then honestly on a two stroke that was that's awesome you know the fans have to love that. <laughs> yeah it was uh you know kind of a mixture between i love two strokes and i could actually afford a two stroke yeah um and it wasn't basically stock the thing is stock and it still is stock today um the only thing that had been done to it i literally bought it from um a place called power trip motorsports in oregon and i or power yamaha sorry and uh <laughs> i drove to i rode it a couple times and then i drove to hangtown and all that had been done was factory connection had you know, sprung it to my weight and my height. And that was it. Everything else was stock. The jetting was stock. I didn't touch it. The bars were stock. I didn't move them. I didn't move the anything. And uh, so we went racing. And that's how it was for the first three rounds. Other than the, the wheels after the second round, I, I unfortunately talk of the stock wheels. They just couldn't take it. So I had to buy some new ones. And then, you know, now we're, we're still on that same bike. You know, I have to ask, what was it like running top 10 on a 252 stroke at Glen Helen, uh, no less, for all those big hills? That had to have been an awesome feeling. Well, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. I don't have mechanics, so I had no pit board or nothing. Oh, wow. Um, and I wasn't really paying attention because, uh, you know, I, I knew I was up there because I could see the front guys, but I didn't really count. And uh, then somewhere – you know, right at halfway or right after halfway, I saw, you know, Baggett and Roxon go by and then, you know, you know, and then like Ray and I was like, holy cow, like these guys normally run people to the front. And uh, when I got the flat tire, I ended up seeing a buddy of mine outside of the track and I asked him like, what place was I in? He goes, dude, you were nice. I was like, whoa, seriously? And uh, I, there's, <laughs> trust me, I was not a top 10 speed guy that day. It was just fortunate that I worked my way through the pack the first lap and some guys rest. You know, I think that day I was a solid 16th to 20th place guy. Um, but Colorado, though, that was a different story. I, I felt like a solid top 12 guy, maybe even a top 10 guy. But uh, unfortunately, my front fork had a leaky seal on it, and it leaked out all the oil, and I wrecked. Man. You know, uh, it's just awesome even being in the top 20. You know, uh, I know you scored a point at first mode at Glen Helen, right? That's correct. Sorry, I don't yeah. have the stuff. Yeah, I scored three points. I got 18. I, I crashed and. I was in 16th, and I crashed and on the last lap with 18. Yeah, so even even scoring points on a 252 stroke is awesome. But, I mean, obviously, uh, we know you're a great rider. You turned pro in 2014 uh, with Pro Circuit and rode for them for a couple of years, but unfortunately uh, had some injuries. Um, and then we saw you with the Yamaha team, and then that brutal crash uh, was at Seattle with Matt Faraf. Um Man, just how frustrating is it, you know, because no, you know, like we everyone knows you have the speed to run up front and win races. But, you know, just every time you kind of come back from injury, something else happens. How frustrating is that for you? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's super frustrating, man. I, I, uh, I didn't, you know, I, I never really capitalized on the, the things that I had, so I kind of lost it all. But it just seemed like every single time I had something good going, um, something would kind of happen, you know. There was just a whole bunch of small things in 2016, my second year at PC, and in Supercross, they kept holding me back, like, in San Diego, too, when I was leading and the bike blew up, you know. It's just, just small things that you can't, you don't really have control over, but they just keep kind of going on. And the injuries are part of racing, and uh, it's not a matter of if but when. Unfortunately, I think I kind of got the last three years all of my injuries, I think, hopefully, <laughs> somewhat out of the way. You know, when I was an amateur, I went injury-free for, like, nine years. And... uh that's just kind of unheard of. And then I think it all just kind of stacked up on me and it's just been hitting me hard right now. 
but uh, I feel like I'm a different rider and a different person. Um, and I don't feel like I'm going to get injured, obviously. You know, I say that and people go, well, what about Colorado? Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a rider error. That was, uh, I decided to race because I had driven all that way, even though I had a leaky fork seal, which probably wasn't the right decision. But it was either that or drive all that way, turn around and drive back. And I didn't really want to do that. Um, so that was just uh, me deciding to push the limits. And, and obviously the limit is I can do two rounds on stock suspension before it has to be serviced. Yeah, and you brought up the uh, leading, and then when your bike broke, uh, you know, some of the bad luck you had, it, it wasn't really your fault. Some the stuff like that seemed to keep happening. Uh, so you went out and got a real job. Uh, what are you doing now? What are you working? Well, yeah, actually, I was rushing because I get off work at 3.30, and uh, I was rushing to jump in the shower quick before you called, and uh, I'm a sandblaster and a painter Okay. Um, right now, and that's I do that from seven to three thirty every day, and you know days we're busy. I do it from five to five. Oh wow! Keeping keep working hard. So you're just pretty much riding on the weekends. Uh, not really much time to ride during the week. Sounds like. No, and there's nowhere to ride. Um, and then you know during the week, I I actually I know this kind of sounds like a shock there, but I don't I don't practice. I I don't get to. So I literally just drive to the race on the weekend and race, whether it's a local race or a not a local race. So I don't test my suspension. I don't ride the bike. I mean, the bike's only got 15 hours on it. Um, like, I, I literally drive to the race on the weekends and race and then drive home, work all week, make sure the bike's good, and then drive to the race and go race again. So there is no testing. There's no training. There's – I just – I don't – I can't. I don't have the time, and there's nowhere to ride. Yeah. Where, where are you located? Where are you living now? Right in central Oregon, so Redmond Bend area. The closest track is like three hours away. It's, it's basically, you know, a yeah. public track. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So, um, what made you kind of decide to try to? Uh, I think you were trying to hit all the nationals, or at least most of them. Uh, what made you decide to come back racing uh, kind of full time in 2018? Well, I, I only got to do one year of outdoors, and that was always a bummer to me because. You know, that one year, I I feel like I did pretty good for being a rookie. Obviously, I had some little mishaps and some bike problems throughout the year and and a couple of small injuries, but I still felt pretty good. Um, Then the next year, I got hurt in Vegas. I didn't get to race at all until I did the last two rounds for for Mitch, and I ran top 10, and I couldn't even move my legs for eight weeks. I was stuck. I was, you know, it didn't work. Um... So, and then I didn't get to race in the next year because I didn't have a ride. And then I got hurt in, in Seattle. I did Washougal last year in the 4D class, but that was on a, it was a borrowed 2013 Keegan 4D. Like I borrowed it from them and raced it. Awesome. And so that was, that was tough. Yeah. Um, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I was looking through your Instagram today because I knew you, I knew you did race Washougal last year and I saw the picture and I was like, hold on. That looks like a an older model KTM. I was like, I didn't realize he he raced it on an older bike. That's you know that's crazy. Yeah, it's a five year rule. Basically, if the bike was any bike that was a model within the last five years of it, you know, you can race. So that was a 2013 and 2017. So technically, that was almost the last year of bike that you can race professionally. Okay. So, um, you know, moving forward, what's your schedule look like for races? Uh, are you kind of just doing Washougal, or are you going to make it the trek out east? Well, I'm, I'm super busy the next couple of weeks. I uh, This weekend I have off, and then next weekend I go to a race in Sandy, Oregon, for their big 
uh, big event where they have a you know big crow purse and stuff, and then I do PIR Thursday night before Washougal, and then I do Washougal, and then the next weekend I think I'm doing another money race in Washougal or uh, up in Washington, okay. and then uh, I'm literally going to leave like Monday or Tuesday and go to Unadilla and race Unadilla on Saturday, stay over there that week, race Maryland, Bud's Creek on that Saturday. And then I have to trek it from there all the way back to Washougal to do the 125 Dream Race the following weekend. Jeez, man, that's that sounds hectic. How long of a drive is that? That's probably as far as you can go. I'm sure uh, Washougal to Unadilla. It doesn't get much farther than that. I, I don't I don't know, man. I going because you know Bud's Creek is that weekend, and you go from Buchan or um, Maryland to uh, Washougal, Washington. I, I it's it's. It's pretty close. I mean, it's got to be pretty close to 3,000 miles. Yeah, that's and, I, and I've got five days to do it. Yeah, that sounds brutal. But, uh, you know, get some good quality time on the road, I guess. Uh, so <laughs> so who's all helping you out, you know, getting all these races? And um, obviously, I'm sure a lot of it's coming out of your own wallet. But uh, I'm sure you got some people helping you out. No, no one. Dang. True privateer. I do yep, I do it all on my own. I don't. You know, Thor gave me, I think they gave me four sets of gear this year and, like, two helmets. And then, um, you know, obviously, John at Scott, he gives me tear-offs, you know, at the races. That way I can actually see. And then um, that's basically it. You know, I've got my buddy Brent Vincent Haler over in Portland who um, he helps me with, with some stuff. And that's just, you know, being there for support or, or, you know, if money's getting tight or something, he'll help me with um, a part or two. But for the most part, I order all my stuff through my local guy here um, at Ace Motorsports in uh, Reston, Oregon. His name's Josh, and I order all my stuff through him and from WPS, and it shows up a couple of days later, and I put it on the bike. Man, that's, you know, it's, it's actually, I'm sure it's tough on you, but it's, it's awesome to hear, you know, it's just that you just want to go out and, you know, race your dirt bike against the best in the world, and you're making it happen any way possible. Yeah, that's just it's just fun to me to race. So, um, talking about 2019, is there plans to try to get a ride for Supercross? Or you just kind of going out there and having fun in the outdoors, and whatever happens, happens. Well, I've been throwing around the idea of I I'm probably going to at least enter Monster Cup on two to two stroke this year. So I'll probably do that because there's no whoop sections, so I'm not as worried about the suspension side of it. Um, and then, you know, after that, it's basically snowmobile season. Probably snowmobile the most way all the winter. And then, you know, if somebody came to me and said, hey, we want you to do if you're on Supercross, yeah, I'd probably jump on it if the money, you know, if I could afford it. Um, but for the most part, it's going to be probably sell this to the two stroke, get a new one, a 2019. And then, um, you know, I'll probably be a little bit more prepared this time. I, I'll decide to race, not the Monday before Hangtown, but uh, I'll probably have a, a decent bike together, probably not stock, you know, with some good parts on it. And I'm just going to show up at Hangtown, but this time I'm going to probably train for uh, as much as I can on the weekends. And then, you know, a little bit during the weekday um, and try to be prepared because I would love to put that 2 stroke into the top 10 consistently. And I, I think I can, I think I proved myself this year with no training. You know, I know that there's a couple people that are hurt, um, but I, I know that I could, I could probably be a top 15 guy pretty consistently as long as I, the bike didn't break. Um, 
I think with some time and a little bit more endurance <laughs> that, I've, that I've got now and a little less beer drinking, um, I think I could possibly put it in the top 10 all year next year, which would just be cool on 2 2 stroke, man. That would just be awesome. Oh, yeah. I'd be, I was bummed when I heard you got hurt because I was, you know, I've been hitting a couple of the East Coast rounds and I wanted to see you out there, uh, you know, ripping it up in the top 10 after, cause after Glen Helen. I was like, dang, that'd be so cool to watch live, you know, watch the, the guys come by and the two stroke right there in the top 10. So um, definitely yeah, looking, looking forward to you getting back out there because I'll be at Unadilla. So we'll see top 10 sweet. there. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and I, nobody really knows this, but uh, I, I, every race that I did this year, I started in dead last because that bike's so slow. It doesn't do anything. So like at Glen Helen, um if you go watch the start of the second moto you'll see me and there's one guy that's behind me but he, it's because he hit neutral on the start mm-hmm. um but i went into the first corner and last and then came around the first lap in 10. yeah i, so I, I remember that 30 people <laughs> i don't know how but I, I got around 30 people in one lap yeah uh no offense chris but when i was watching on tv and when after the first lap and they had the you know the running order on top and it said aldridge eighth or seventh or eighth or whatever you were i was like oh there's gotta be a transponder malfunction because i remember seeing you get off the, the gate dead last yeah, yeah i know <laughs> yeah, you and me both man i thought it was i really thought it was a joke my buddy told me dude you're running ninth and i was like how long he's like oh, almost 20 minutes yeah i'm like holy okay cool yeah, it was it was definitely cool to see, and I was I I didn't know what happened at at first. I just saw you know you move back to thirty sixth or whatever, and I was like, oh, that's such that's such a bummer. And then it, come to find out, it's a flat tire, man. That's uh, it's got to be heartbreaking. Yeah, but it was kind of a blessing in disguise because uh, the flat you know I got a flat front tire, and I was missing one spoke on the front wheel. I was missing eight spokes on the rear wheel when I actually got the flat and pulled over to the side because it just I mean those big jumps at Glen Helen where there's no landing and I do that every single yeah. lap on wheels, it's just talk with them. I mean, they just, they can't handle that. Yeah. So you are right. That probably would have been really bad if you would have kept going like that, you know, what probably wouldn't have ended up very well. Yeah. And, and I know, I know for like a lot of people, it would kind of, you know, it's like a bummer deal for them, right? You know, Oh, I was up there and then something happened. I didn't finish up there, but I mean, if you showed me after that race, I'm on the side of the track, my bike leaned up, you know, mm-hmm. high-fiving fans and having a good time and talking because I, I, you know, I spent so many years so worried about the position that I was in on the race course that it just kind of lost all the fun. So now, because I do it by myself, all the money's from me and I'm not really making anything um, and I have a whole other separate life, I go there to have fun. I do not care if I wreck out. I don't care if the bike breaks. I don't care if I finish eighth. I don't care if I finish 34th. As long as I'm racing, I'm having a damn good time. Yeah, I was, that was my next question. Obviously, um, you know, like, since it's not your main source of income or anything, it's got to be a lot less pressure, and you can actually just go out there and, and have a lot more fun on the bike, which in return is going to make you go faster just because you're enjoying yourself. Absolutely, and I've definitely seen that this year with uh, no training and no endurance. But, you know, just between – Elmy Road for three Saturdays, and that was it. I went from I couldn't do a 30-minute moto at Hangtown. I ran 18th and then drifted back to 22nd mm-hmm. to in Colorado. We were at the end of the race, and I was still working my way forwards, passing for 13th place. So just between those three rounds and the fun I was having, I was just getting so accustomed to it that it almost became effortless. I started going faster and trying less every single round just because I think I was having fun and and I, you know, I have the technique and the ability in the sport to 
you know, to go to that next level, I just have to get my mind out of the way. And by having fun, my mind's not a part of it. So I'm able to just drive free and, and go fast. Yeah. You know, that makes a hundred percent, you know, makes sense. So that's really awesome to see. You know, another thing I wanted to ask is have you looked into, you know, doing the Red Bull straight rhythm because it's two stroke only this year. I don't know if, if you're aware of that, cause you said you're going down to monster cup. You're going to, you know, be down there. I think it's the next weekend. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think that's like a you can sign up race. I'm pretty oh, sure it's an invitation. Is it? Uh-huh. Yeah, but I'm I'm not entirely sure. You know, I would imagine. You know, there are some kids who raced it. I I would think it's an invitational race until they don't fill all the gates, and then they probably have people sign up. Okay. But I don't even know who to contact on to try to get there. And I, you know, I'm not like I'm a big name. So if all the other you know, spots are taken, I would imagine I'm probably not going to get a spot. Yeah, well, you know, you put it in the top 15 here at Wash Eagle and Unadilla. I'm sure they'll be come calling, you know, just putting a two-stroke out there. I, I sure hope so. But, I mean, I didn't even hardly get publicity for running ninth at Glen Helen, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy how different, it, like, I, I feel like the outdoors is so different than Supercross, like, as publicity-wise and all that. I'm sure you yeah, know. I, uh, no, I just, I, I you know, I think that they're boring. Everyone, I don't care if you're racing Supercross or Motocross. Everyone's an equally badass no matter what you're doing. So I just think they, some of the TV coverage could probably be a little bit better on some of the stuff. But, again, I guess it's all personal opinion-wise, right? Because I'm pretty sure Kawasaki's loving all the all the footage they're getting of Eli going around in circles in first place. So Yeah, except for last week. I'm sure they weren't loving that and pushing his bike off, off the side <laughs> of the track. Yeah, right. I don't think that one sold any more cowies. <laughs> no. Well, all right, Chris. Uh, thank you so much for doing this with me, and uh, you enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. All right. Before we get into our interview with Brandon Leaf, we have Billy Sharf on to do a little Red Bud recap. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know, just enjoying a nice rainy day here in Florida. Uh, pretty bummed there's no racing this weekend, but, you know, we'll get through it. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. We'll just have to watch some reruns, you know, get caught back up. You know, jumping right in, how did you, you know, feel about that track? It looked gnarly. I mean, I heard they ripped it real deep for practice, and uh, it some of, some of those turns, man, those ruts look like two, three feet deep. Yeah, you know, Redbud is probably uh, my favorite track. I've, I've fortunate enough to go uh, a couple years ago. Um, just the whole, you know, vibe of the event being Fourth of July is my favorite track. And uh, TV doesn't do it any justice. So seeing that they they made it a little more gnarly this year is definitely challenging on those guys. And I think we saw the you know the cream sort of rise to the top, and uh, the elite riders were were towards the front. I thought it was a uh, you know, it got great reviews, definitely brutal, but it seemed like the guys all loved, loved the way it shaped up for racing. Yeah, a lot of, uh, I talked to some guys after the race, and they were telling me, you know, like, half the track was super soft and really ruddy, and then the other track was more hard-packed with sharp edge, so it was kind of throwing them off a little bit. Um, so I think that's why you saw some guys kind of, their, you know, their setup might not have been perfect and make a little mistakes and fall over. Yeah, have you been to Red Bud? Yeah, bro, I raced it 2010. C C two fifty, eighteenth place. Nice, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, if you've been, you can kind of see, you know, some of the areas get get real deep, kind of on the lower side. Uh, really, an interesting layout, and I think up towards the mechanics area, you get those square edges and, and drops in. But it, it definitely makes it challenging for those guys, and I think that's why we saw, uh, you know, 
really a pretty big separation in, in, in the guys and uh, made for some good races. Yeah, and, you know, I, I guess we'll jump right in. The big thing, Eli Tomac uh, having that bike problem in the first moto and then kind of just imploding in that second moto, man. Uh, that was that was pretty rough to watch. Went 36-9 for 15th overall. Now uh, Marvin's got the red plate, won a second uh, overall in a row. Uh, man, what do you think about that? What do you think about Tomac? I mean, it was kind of just a matter of time. You know, we usually see this him at least one race over the, the course of the season. Yeah, and I, I think it kind of started back at Southwick, you know, those kind of crashes, you know, pretty big lead, comfortable lead, and then uh, maybe some mental lapses at Southwick. Obviously, the mechanical in the first moto, the guy was just incredible that first moto. You hate to see that happen. Uh, and then to come back with another bad moto in the second uh, moto, really, I guess we kind of hit the reset button now. Marvin's got a three-point lead of it and get back to his winning ways and, uh, you know, make it a good battle for the title. But uh, certainly uh, – Certainly throwing a curveball in it for, for us fans. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I have to think that, you know, obviously with the first moto going how it was, 36 plays, not finishing, um, I have to think that kind of rattled him for that second moto. We kind of see him, I don't want to say crumble under pressure, but I know he it's, he seems to ride way over his head and make these mistakes. I mean, I think he crashed. First of all, awful start. We had a bad gate pick, obviously, and red bud start isn't that friendly to the outside gates. And then crashed twice, had to go to the mechanics area. It just, you know, wasn't a good second moto. And I, I have to think it was just the pressure um, from that first moto and just the frustration really getting to him. Yeah, it's definitely something there. Uh, we've seen this in the past. And uh, we've kind of, like you said, we've been waiting on it. And um, really was hard to watch, especially after just spectacular riding the first moto. I mean, he was on rails. Um, so yeah, you know, I think he'll just kind of clean slate. I think he's definitely mentally stronger than he's ever been. And I don't think we're going to see the, the laps. You know, hopefully this doesn't carry over, you know, in a few weeks to Millville, kind of go back and hit reset. And uh, I think he's still his championship to lose now, only being three points down. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think Millville is more of a Tomac track than a Marv track as well. It's kind of sandier. Um, you can really just lay it all out there and haul ass. It's not as technical as, you know, say a high point um, was. So I think Tomac rebounds. I'm probably going to go 1-1 at Millville and have a red plate right back. There, there's not a doubt in my mind that I, I still think he wins his championship unless we see another race like this. But uh, I don't really see Marv beating him straight out from here on out. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I think, uh, you know, the first one, you know, that's why I'm kind of giving him a pass here. The second moto was sort of a head scratcher, but first one, we even know what happened to the bike. I don't know if they officially they, released they, it. They uh, said spark plug, but I'm not buying it. I, I, you know, um, he was pushing it, and the wheel wasn't turning. So I'm not a mechanic, yeah. but I don't, I don't think that's a spark plug <laughs> issue. Yeah, you know, so they're going to cover that one up and write that one off. It sucks that he wasn't able to rebound. I thought he'd come out in the second moto and, and lay wood, and he didn't. So, yeah, pressure's on him. But, uh, you know, you got to give your hat off to uh, K-Rock. Pretty cool. I think it was like 600 days, right? Uh, I don't know. Moto win, so. I, know was, uh, I think it was Iron Man 2016, so almost two full seasons. So Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So it's, a, it's kind of a light spot. You know, you, you don't want to win that way. You can't say it was handed to him, but. Uh, cool to see Kenny get up there, and I think Eli will bounce back, like you said. Yeah, um, you know, talk about Kenny. Obviously, you can say what you want about that first moto. You know, he even kind of alluded to those, kind of handed to him. But he was the second moto. He was right there the whole time, and he that's the best he's been since Thunder Valley. Um, so I still think he would have been top three in that first moto, no matter what. Uh, and he rode awesome all weekend, and it was kind of more of what we were seeing at uh, Thunder Valley because he'd been struggling the last couple weeks. 
Yeah, I, I think it was a matter of time for him to get, you know, mentally maybe figure it out. And, I mean, I'm stoked. I want to see him break through and be be up there with Marv and um, and Tomax. And it's another level to get to where Tomac's at, but he's certainly climbing. And, and with the challenges that that guy's faced, man, you just got to be a fan of it and just keep rooting for him. You know, talking about Marv, too, uh, man, he was dead. The only person behind him in that first moto was Barsha. And, you know, but I think it was like two or three laps in, he was already up to ninth, which is unbelievable. Uh, and to come back to second, man, that was insane. What a ride by him. Uh, and, you know, he fully deserves that 2-1. Uh, no, it it would have been interesting to see again, you know, if uh, Tomac was started up with them in that second moto. I know, um, you know, Tomac was on rails in that first, but Marvin was just as fast, I think. Yeah, I thought the same thing, man. When you saw him down in the first turn, or, you know, down there, and then you see him in ninth that quick into the moto. Uh, the dude is, is ah, it's just unbelievable to watch. And like you said, it's just, uh, it's insane. And, it, you know, Eli, who knows with the second moto, I, you know, I don't think Marvin quite had Eli's speed. But, you know, like you said, the fastest guy doesn't always win. And Marv's certainly figuring it out. And Eli just keeps, just what he's doing here is he's just letting these guys keep building confidence. And now he's got the red plate and, uh, you know, this thing's starting over. I think, you know, it's going to, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. You know, Marv's confidence is an all time high right now. There's, there's definitely no doubt about that. And he's got, you know, other than Milvo, he's got two really good tracks for him coming up. You know, he's good at Washougal and then he's really good at Unadilla as well. That's kind of more of a Euro style track. So, you know, if he can go to, if he can just finish right behind Eli um, at Millville, you know, it's going to be close for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Washougal is certainly a Marvin's, I'd probably say, you know, his best track. Uh, you know, you, you talk about Unadilla. I think Unadilla is sort of where we saw a big mental lapse from Eli last year. So, um, yeah, man, this thing's good. I'm still betting on Eli at this point. And, uh, you know, he built such a big league, you hate for a mechanical. Um, but uh, Marvin, I'm with you, dude. It's the best version of Marvin Muskin we've ever seen. And dude is just dialed. Yeah, I would have to agree. And, I, you know, I don't know if you knew, but last last week you were calling a Justin Barshamoto win. It didn't quite work out for you, but he was good. He was super good all day coming from dead last to fourth in that first moto and then, you know, passing Kenny late for second in the second moto. You know, I got to give it up to him. And uh, I personally think that, you know, he's going to be on the nation's team for USA. Uh, he showed he can rip it Red Bud this weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's second moto. I just, that's what I want to see, man. I want to see, I hate when these guys settle in. You know, the motos are long. We've all ridden dirt bikes. We know the intensity these guys are at. But when you see Barsha holding it, you know, able to stick it in there for 30 plus two and be that aggressive late, you know, that just shows you that not only his fitness, obviously, but his confidence and his trust in the motorcycle, everything's building. And didn't get it quite at Red Bud. I think, you know, first moto, obviously a horrible start. And, and uh, second moto, he showed what he's capable of, and I think, you know, as Barsha builds, Kenny gets the swagger, obviously Marvin Eli. I think we're in, in for a – I predict Baggett to keep building too. I think his days are – his best days coming. Yeah. So I, I was watching the first moto on my computer uh, with the NBC Sports Gold app, and I had to shut it off after Blake Baggett hole-shotted and went down right before the leap because, one, he was on my fantasy team, and, two, man, I he's – I really like Baggett. I like Forrest Butler. I like that whole team. You know, they're from Florida, so I kind of root for them. I was so bummed for him because, again, he was fast all day, fastest qualifier, and, you know, only could get a 5-5 for fourth overall. He's got to be pissed, man, because, you know, seeing all these guys running up there and then with Tomac, you know, messing up, 
he's got to think he'd be right in there if you know he could figure this out. Yeah, it's a head scratcher. You see the guy qualifying so fast, and it just doesn't. I don't know if it's the intensity or like you said, but I I think it's his mojo and the, everything coming together is there. You know, obviously got out front early, and I don't know was he riding over his head early, kind of cross rutted there before the Rocco's leap. And anybody that's been there knows that that is a pretty gnarly you know, kind of downhill, the way their momentum carries into that corner, the way they had it rutted out. Um, but, yeah, it kind of sucked. I wanted to see what Blake's made of. But I think it's – I think a win's coming, man. I do. The guy's, the guy's flying, man. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, cause he also made a mistake in that second moto, kind of tipped over and couldn't get the bike up. It's just these little mistakes from him. Uh, you know, I, at the beginning of the year, I really thought he'd be right up there with, with Marvin Tomac, honestly, and – uh, he would if before the outdoor season started. If you would ask me who our donations team would have been, it would have been Tomac, Osborne, and Baggett. But yeah, obviously, it's, you got to go with Barsha now over him. It's, it's just a bummer. Uh, but on you know on a good note for his team, Benny Bloss on the same team, third third place in that first moto. Uh, he's got to be so stoked. I, I was stoked for Benny, and unfortunately, he went down the same area as Baggett did in the second moto. Ended up getting twenty third. Kind of just rattled himself, but. Good job for Benny with that third place. Yeah, that's so huge, man. I was really cool to see, and uh, you know, well, what a what a ride! And I think that guy's going to keep building, and that team seems to be, you know, getting the bike better for those dudes. And man, you know, put it on the podium, impressive to say the least. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about uh, Justin Hill's ride? Ten four, uh, quiet fourth place in that second moto, but that's solid. Yeah, with the arm injury he had, I guess he was off the bike all week, wasn't able to ride much, and uh, not being known for, for an outdoor guy, you got to give him credit stepping up to the big bike, grueling track. Kind of thought he was going to kind of get lost into this, you know, no man's land, you know, the, the excitement of being on the 450. I kinda, and then for him to bounce back for a fourth in that second moto on that track, I thought that was a stellar ride, and, and it really shows, you know, that he's the real deal. Yeah, you know, you hear all these 250 riders say they'll they'll be better on the 450. It suits their style more, but uh, Justin Hill is definitely backing that up. Yeah, he's backing it up and and, and doing it on gnarly tracks for 30 plus two. So there's no nothing you can say about the dude now as far as Supercross only. I think he's going to keep building, building his fitness up, and I love it. I love it that he's getting out there and and, uh, and you know getting dirty with these guys because i think come supercross man they keep making that suzuki better as good as he was in supercross i mean i think this guy could be a threat yeah for sure um and it's gonna be really interesting to see uh kind of see him making the like cole seeley jump you know because like cole was a good 250 rider he won a couple supercrosses but was never anything crazy good and it, it seemed you know he was a lot better when he got in the 450 so i kind of see that for justin hill um but moving on you know seventh place seven seven uh, Cooper Webb, second race back. You know, I'm okay with this ride. It was, again, a gnarly track. Yeah, he didn't pick the best two to come back to with Southwick and Redbud, but I think he's he's going to be content with this, you know, being off the bike for so long. 7-7 uh, seven, is not too bad. Yeah, I, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head. I think you hit the nail on the head on Hill, too. That's a good analogy with Cole Seeley. I think uh, Hill um, will be really, really good on the 450, especially showing what he's doing in the outdoors. But, yeah, you know, uh, I'm with you, man. Cooper Webb seems like he kind of came back early, you know, riding his way into shape, picked two good tracks. Now he gets a week off, maybe fine-tuned some sprint speed. And I predict Millville, he'll get up inside that top five and maybe podium a moto soon. Uh, certainly building, we all know, 
off the bike, getting the race shape. But uh, I really want to see Cooper Webb find his swagger, man. This is a guy that superstar capability. Uh, I just want to see him. I don't know if it's the bike holding him back or something with the team, obviously the injury, but I want to see all the pieces come together. And I really think they will. It's, it's taken a little longer than I think all of us, you know, wanted, but uh, I'm certainly, you know, rooting for him to, to put it all together. Yeah. Maybe we'll see uh, how he does next year on that KTM uh, next to Marvin. You think that's what he's doing? <laughs> I think so, man. I don't know. I don't see him really going back to Yamaha. Obviously, you know, he's, express his feelings yeah, towards you, the bike yeah uh, I, I think they would i think they would have locked him up by now if he was mm-hmm. so uh they'll probably they'll probably be looking at plessinger to move up and then who knows and that's that's going to be fun to talk but I, i'm with you my instincts have kind of been thinking roger de Coster, you know he gave him that shot and put him on the 450 when he was on fire on 250s it actually worked he went to the nations that year and was really really fast so i think maybe de Coster has a little thing he obviously sees uh um, he sees uh, the, the potential this kid has and hopefully get him on the bike, get him happy, and we can see the fire that we know he's capable of. Well, you know, Plessinger's racing 250 Supercross at least next year, defending that number one plate for Star. Uh, so, I, you know, I think Yamaha goes with Justin as their number one guy, or Barsha as their number one guy. And, you know, I think with Webb gone, you, I think they sign a guy like Dino. Um, or maybe I, originally I would thought maybe a Bogle, but uh, I don't know anymore. He, I don't know what's going on with Bogle. Uh, Want to move on to him? Twenty four eighteen for twentieth overall. You know, obviously I didn't think he was going to be lighting the world on fire coming back from you know pretty much a year off of racing. But still, I you have to think he'd be better than a twenty four eighteen. Yeah, it's a, certainly a head scratcher because he got pretty good starts. He's a great starter. Uh, he's on factory equipment. You're coming back. You got to you know you got to. There's something going on there. Hopefully, he can find some time here in the uh, in this off week. And I know those guys can't be happy about that or him. You know, he's, he's talking big. I've never been a Justin Bogle fan. The dude can ride if he gets a good start, but I just don't see the grit. And uh, I think that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, hopefully, it gets figured out because obviously the dude can ride. Um, so it'd be a shame to see him without a ride next year. But you never really know. Uh, Billy, before we move on to 250s. You want to add anything else in this 450 talk? Yeah, yeah. You know, we missed Filthy Phil. He kind of fifth overall that we've been calling that. I know he didn't get in the top five of a moto, but I think he's starting to look super comfy on the Husky. Another week to test. Uh, I, I think I, I'm calling Unadilla. That dude's going to he's gonna lead some laps, maybe sneak up on the podium. He's freaky good, uh, Unadilla. But I think Filthy's finally, uh, you know, getting used to that bike. Cool to see him in, in top five overall. Also, shout out to our boy Tristan Lane. Going to try to get him on the show soon. Uh, great show by a, a Florida boy. Yeah, you know, honestly, you know, at the beginning of Moto One with uh, Rocks and Barsha being, or sorry, uh, Muskin and Barsha being down, and Phil was running uh, up the front top three. I kind of thought he was going to podium that Moto. I didn't really expect. Well, I didn't really expect Muskin and Barsha to come all the way uh, back. To second and fourth and i didn't really expect bloss to get phil so uh, i was kind of hoping he'd do a little bit better but now you know now i think about it six six for fifth overall for you know a guy who's only been on that husky a couple weeks now that's it's good for phil i gotta give him a little more credit and uh also before we move on i want to give a shout out to kyle cunningham um top privateer eighth overall 11 8 uh, he was good man really good he's he's been sneaky good this year um i had a chance to watch him ride at Mike Alessi's house uh, not too long ago. And um, 
dude is so talented. You know, such a unique style. But man, he's been talking about you know throwing him in the top. I think a couple top ten so far this year under the radar. So yeah, good call. Yeah, I think he's. Um, let me check right, real quick here. So I'm factual, but yeah, tenth in points. You know, and he missed a he missed a. Yeah, has a couple of DNFs too, and he missed Thunder Valley altogether with some injuries. So tenth in points, not bad. You know, uh, for a privateer, right behind Cody Cooper. That's so sick. So sick. All right, moving on to 250s. Uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. Aaron Pleasanter goes 1-1 again. He's got three overalls this year, all 1-1 scores. And then his other motos have been, you know, I say so-so. I mean, he's anywhere from fourth to ninth, which is amazing, you know, to be that fast, but not for, you know, title contender. Uh, but now with a little controversy, uh, I know you're a big Austin Forkner fan. Uh, how do you feel about that pass? <laughs> Man, you know, I, I'm really, I'm really shocked. You know, just kind of the state of the industry. Looking at polls, most people just, you know, calling it a rub in his racing incident. I, I, I mean, I don't want to say dirty, but it was right on that line. I thought it was awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm all about these guys going at it. I want to see more of this. Like I said about 450s, I want to see these guys hanging it on for longer and and not just settling in. So I, I love it. At the end of the day, I thought it was a little aggressive, a little. It definitely intentional. I don't think it was just a racing incident. I think Aaron Plessinger knew exactly what he was doing. Whether he knew Forkner wasn't going to let off either, and they were going to, you know, he's going to punt him off the track. It definitely looked spectacular, but uh, certainly gnarly, man. These dudes are going for it, and I love it. I I disagree with you. I think Forkner should have backed off a little bit, you know, checked up and got him in that next corner. And then I don't really know why Forkner went to the outside either. Uh, you just pass a guy, and you, I don't know. It seemed like the inside was working a little better all day. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think it was dirty by any means. I think, you know, Forkner should have checked up just a little bit. And, you know, he could have gone back to the next corner. There was still quite a bit of racing left to do, too. But, uh, yeah, definitely unfortunate for Forkner, you know, being on the ground, battling for a lead two, two motos in a row, uh, dating back to Southwick. Yeah, yeah, and, and I like your point. I think you're right. He shouldn't have gone outside. Definitely, a, you know, a lack of experience. Um, and Forkner kind of admitted to it, you know, maybe his instincts just aren't there. You know, he did it at Southwick too, just kind of held it on when he knew Amart was running in. Um, hopefully he didn't make those mistakes again, but, um, dude's been riding. I mean, he certainly listened to our show cause he's, <laughs> he's dialed right now. I, you know, with these little bozo moves, I think he's going to smoothen these out and fastest lap times in both motos. Uh, I think we're on to something. We talked about him breaking through. I, I think Forkner, dude, man, he just keeps uh, dudes on rails. Yeah, I will. The I'll numbers have... don't. The numbers. The numbers don't back it up. But the yeah. dude is riding incredible. Yeah, I mean, he could easily his last four motos could easily be one one, one two. You know, like the last the first last moto at Southwick. Obviously, he probably could have won or got second. And then he probably could have won that first moto here, but the results will never show it. I will say this. I've never been the biggest Forkner fan. Uh, I think he tends to, you know, cry a little bit on the track when people get in his way, but then he does the same thing. Uh, not a big fan of the guy. Don't, definitely don't like his haircut. But I will say this. Uh, he definitely <laughs> hasn't been, like, bad-mouthing those guys with the two interviews after each, each uh, you know, each crash. He wasn't bad-mouthing Martin or Plessinger. He was kind of just, you know, going about his way. So I'll give him props to that. So I'm starting to like him a little more, but still probably not the biggest fan. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, 
the kid's a freak talent. I think, you know, he kind of came in with like a, a weird little chip on his shoulder. I don't think he's certainly, you know, the, the fan favorite, like an Adam C or something of that nature. But at this point, you know, at his age, obviously he's going to make some, some rookie moves. I think we're watching him mature and the ability to ride the motorcycle is uh, without question. I mean, running down Aaron Plessinger in that moto, passing him. Um, you know, I think if he learns the racecraft and he keeps building and maturing, I think it could be dangerous for these other guys. And I think these other guys realize this dude's got some flat-out talent and speed. So I, I hope he keeps building. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan either, but uh, I think he'll mature. I thought he was your boy. I'm, I'm, I thought you were a big Forkner fan. I thought he was your boy. I, I mean, I, I'm definitely not like Adam C. status, you know, but – I'm sorry. I'm with you. He's growing on me. I, I'm glad that he's smoothing it out of style, and uh, I expect him. I expect him to keep building. And I think he's a guy that has the potential to to run away with motos. And I don't think there's very many guys you can say that about. You know? No, I mean, I definitely don't. I definitely think he's probably the top three guy. Uh, you know, speed wise. Um, but you know, moving on, second overall, four three. Alex Martin gave up quite a few points. I think he's thirty five down now from twenty three before last week. Uh, 4-3 crash again in that first moto. Just a small tip over, but still, you know, these little mistakes. Are not, I'm not used to seeing these from Amar. He's usually so solid. Uh, I have to think, he, you know, maybe he's riding a little over his head or he, he knows the championship's within grasp. So, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely a bummer, though. I, I really like Amar. I like how he worked, you know, kind of started out quite a few years in the privateer ranks. And, you know, he's kind of really made a name for himself. But, you know, you can't win championships when you go 4-3 and your, your main rival goes 1-1. Yeah, I think it was a, a, a exclamation point by Plessinger. The guy looked, uh, you know, that's the Aaron Plessinger I want to see every week. And Amart has a chance. You know, three two second overall. You still you got to be four, happy. Four three heading to his four home. three. Four three four three. Sorry, um, you got to be happy about it. Like you said, he's sort of making these mental errors and uh, kind of, you know, unforced errors on his own behalf and t- taking himself out of the title. You know, and he's really the only guy left, right? To, to yeah, pretty much. To fight, fight, fight Plessinger off. So, um, yeah, I'm with you, man. It's just a head scratcher. But either way, you're Alex Martin. You got to be super happy with where you're at and how he's, you know, just stuck with it and, and really made himself in into a contender. Which, you know, six eight years ago, nobody would ever thought that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, third overall, three four. Dylan Frandis. The dude struggles on the start. I didn't. Yeah, you know, I never really realized it until this weekend. He's fast, man, but he, he needs to start up with those guys if he wants to win some more motos. Yeah, and he, he will. I think, you know, man, he worked his butt off <laughs> to get third overall. Mm-hmm. Seemed like every time you watched him, he's just eating sand and just, you talk about fit and still pretty, what is this, his third race in? So, um, fourth race. Um, but, yeah, dude, the guy rips. You got to give him credit, and um, he's another one. Just the 250 class is in good hands. You got so many fast guys, even with Jay Mart and Osborne and Adam C. Um, in not not in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ferrandis is, is a guy. I think he's going to win some motos, but I want to see him get a start too and see what he can do. Yep. Uh, fourth overall, Shane McGrath, five nine. He's been a lot better ever since Muddy Creek. You know, kind of gave him that little confidence he needed. I think. So good ride on him. He's he's right up there with those guys. Uh, fifth overall, Justin Cooper, eight seven. Kid's starting to cool off a little bit. Um, you don't really see him running up front as much as he used to and uh, not really getting that top three. Yeah, I think that just shows you how, how hard it is for these guys to be consistent week in out and week out. But I guess, he, you know, a little injury at Southwick said he was off the bike all week. So you're seeing that. I think 
fifth overall for your bad day. You know, if you're Will Hahn, the team manager, you got to be happy. Three star bikes mm-hmm. in the top five overall. Um, good bad week, but I'm with you. He cooled off a little. I expect him to, you know, get back with his trainer, and I think we'll see some fire out of him at Millville. Uh, Chase Sexton, uh, 11-6 for six overall. He's starting to get some better results in there. We already talked about Forkner, seventh overall. Michael Mosman, you know, qualified really good, eighth overall, 9-11, the top rock star Husky. You know, this kid's fast, and I know he's, he's he needs a ride next year. I think they do re-sign him just because they know the speed he has. We've obviously seen him hit the ground quite a few times, but I think he's starting to figure that out, and his results are really starting to show. Yeah, you know, his name came up whenever – um, I mean, the list came out for this season, and, and, and you got to give Bobby Hewitt and those guys credit. I, I, I kind of, you know, I'd seen his name, but I, you know, I didn't expect it. They took a chance on him. They obviously saw something that nobody else did, and I kind of was scratching my head. A lot of crashes, a lot of inconsistency, but it's been a couple weeks now where he's been up inside around that top 10, and you're getting, uh, you know, you see how blazing fast this top 20 is of the 250 class. Certainly, uh time to start giving the dude some credit and i think it's a good move by star and hopefully they do keep him and he can keep building on the bike and and uh improving yeah uh you know and then rockstar husky they finished they seem to be all right around each other the 8 10 12th overall with mitchell harrison at his home track 10th overall an eighth in that second motor really good ride for him probably the one of the better rides we've seen from him this season and then florida boy jordan bailey starting to get together uh i was you know i was kind of disappointed at the beginning of the year it seemed like he was struggling a bit but these last few rounds, he's been good. So I think he's starting to get the hang. You know, it's got to be tough, you know, just jumping in the pro ranks. So 12-10 for 12 overall. Good good on uh, Bailey there. Yeah, that is so good to see. I watched that kid since he was on minis and uh, being a Central Florida boy, rooting for him big time. And it's good to see him, you know, moving up to the big boy ranks. Seems like he's figuring it out. I hope he keeps building, man. That's just awesome. And, uh, you know, you're right about uh, Harrison. You know, he had a flash of – greatness there last year i don't think he's gelling with that husky like you know this year super talented guy definitely not the year that i think they wanted but good to see him up there closer to where you know the team wants him to be you know um do you want to talk about rj hampshire man awesome first moto right did you see the crash in the second moto i mean that was gnarly dude's got stitches all over his body but man you talk about you know, live, you know, that's what we want to see. It sucks that that happened. Kind of classic RJ to, to go down like that. And, you know, when he comes off his best career moto finish, but yeah, man, hopefully uh, he's okay. Yeah. I think it's just the stitches that got him. Uh, I hope he's all right too. It's, you know, it's funny, muddy, not funny, but uh muddy Creek had that great first motor ride goes down the second moto. And then last week too, you know, first moto wasn't that great. And then the second moto was amazing. Gets on the podium. And then it, second place that's like that's awesome you know it's really good to see him coming back from injury he's had it rough the past couple of years so i was really stoked after that second place you know obviously a florida boy we always root for him uh and it was a bummer to see but uh hopefully he's all right and you know can get back from millville you know a little sandier track as well so maybe he'll be right up there um 11th place joey savachi you know it's been rough man he's been so fast too these past couple of rounds and he can't get, you know, the two motos in consistently. Yeah, I think we, we've touched on this the last couple of weeks. It's sort of a head-scratcher. You, the guy, you, you know, is one motos, and he just kind of fell off into the no-man's land. It's definitely got to be a mindset issue because it sounds like they got those bikes styled. If you look at Forkner, he's won on the bike before, so there's really nothing to blame. You know he's in shape living at Carmichael, so 
Uh, hopefully he gets his head right and get his mojo back because you hate to see these guys go into these sort of black hole areas or just kind of, you know, no man's land for, for a guy of his caliber, certainly. Yeah, um, you know, you'd like to see him. I would have thought he would have gone at least 2-5. Uh, so he would have been right up there with Martin and Ferrandez for, sec, you know, anywhere between second and fourth overall. But, you know, it's, he, he's kind of making these small mistakes like we saw in Supercross last year. Uh, it's it's just weird to see because you know the kids got the kids one of the one of the better amateurs coming up and we all know the kids got speed but yeah it's been rough. Yeah, for sure. I think um, is he locked in for next year? Or we talked about him, so we're gonna see where he ends up going four fifty, right? So yeah, there's I'm hearing, definitely I'm hearing Kawasaki, but nothing's locked or anything yet. Yeah, you keep saying that, so. I don't know. I'm out on that, but we'll see what happens. But he needs some good motos, certainly. If that's, you know, being that good at Supercross, you know, these teams, they can probably get him for a low budget. Who knows? But he needs some good moto finishes, and I, I think he will before the season's up. Yeah, for sure. And uh, before we go, um, talk, before we talk a little bit about Millville, I want to shout out to Ryan Sipes, 16-13 for 16th overall. He was running 10th for quite a while in that second moto. Uh, you know, not really a full-time racer anymore. Does some off-road stuff more than anything. Uh, so good job by him. Man, you know, there's probably not many guys in the world that can go to a flat track, qualify fastest there, go run and battle. I'm not saying he's beating Caleb or Thad anytime soon. Beat him last year. But there's, there's got to be – I don't know if there's any other anybody else on the planet that can do that and then come out in the 250 class that is just stacked from first to 20th place and run top 10 like that. I mean, I I love what he's doing. I think they said he's in for one more round at Bud's Two Creek. Two more. Bud's, Two more. I think it's yeah, Bud's I mean, and Ironman. I, 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 I love it, man. I think it's so good for the sport. Um, I love that Husqvarna's doing that. You know, I hate these teams that got you – know, they got all these resources and all these bikes, and, and you know – you know, you got them sitting under the tent. So, for them to let Osborne's bike get ripped up by, a, you know, the living legend, right? I think Ryan Sipes is certainly building on his legacy by just showing his pa- showing his passion for dirt bikes and doing it at, at such a crazy high level. I think it's so cool to see. I hope he keeps keeps it going, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like, I, like we said earlier, no race this upcoming weekend. The guys are going to get a week off. Um, we'll be at Millville, Minnesota. Uh, after in two weeks, I guess, and uh, Alex Martin's home track. Talking about the 250 podium, I'll give my predictions real quick. I got Amart with the win, Dylan Fernandez second, and Shane McGrath third. That's that's my podium right there. What about you, Billy? Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like to see Amart go out there, get some starts, keep it on two wheels in front of the home crowd. I think he's certainly the favorite. I'll go Amart, Plessinger. And I think Forkner gets up there, and those three guys all battle. I, actually, I think Forkner gives Amar a run for his money on the day, and I'm also calling a big bounce back for Justin Cooper. I think he'll be up front early as well. I'm calling someone knocks down Austin Forkner again. <laughs> Man, I hope not, dude. But seems to have a little target on his back. Hopefully, he gets a little better instincts when these dudes are running in on him, and uh, a little smarter, a little better racecraft out of that kid, a little more patience, and I think he'll be. You know, I'm sure Mitch Payton knows a little bit more about it than I do, so I'd expect uh, expect him to keep building. Yeah, and now, what, what about your 450 picks? Eli Tomac really fast at Millville. I don't know if you're, you know, really good there. I think Eli's going to win. 
Marvin will be up there, and I'm predicting uh, Justin Barsha third overall. I think we'll see flashes of uh, hopefully Baggett can get off the gate. I think Ken Roxton will be up in the mix as well. I think those five guys have certainly uh, stamped it, and uh, but that's my podium. I'm going to go Tomac 1-1, and I'm going to go hmm, – I'm going to go Roxton second overall. And then Muskin third overall has one, like, fourth place moto. I think Barsha gets some moto. I think he drinks a little too much red wine celebrating these two wins over the break. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll see, man. I A week off. I think we need to do, like, a little specialty show or something. Yeah, and uh, We could do that. Keep it. I think it's awesome. Whiskey Throttle. I'm ready for some Whiskey Throttle uh, T-shirts, some hats. I'm looking to be at Bud's Creek. Uh, have you booked your um, motocross the nation stuff yet? What's the plan for that? Yeah, I already got my camping area. I'll be there. Uh, we're going up with the rashes, driving the motorhome up. It's going to be fun. Maybe we'll pick you up in Orlando yeah, on the need... way. Uh, dude, find, find me a spot. I'm in. <laughs> Whiskey Throttle on the map. Yeah, maybe we'll get some, you know, we're gonna get some press passes. We gotta get Carrie Bowling rocking a whiskey throttle shirt, and our lives will be complete. That's your that's your job by the end of the season is to get Carrie Bowling a, a whiskey throttle shirt. All right, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this, but I'm in. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it happen. <laughs> All right, Billy, thank you so much for helping me out yet again. The man. Yeah, uh, man. Thank it's you, a lot buddy. of fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I can't wait. I think we're, we're in for a treat, man. Have a great day and uh, keep going with it. All right. Talk to you soon, buddy. Later. All right, brother. All right. Later. All right. On the line with me right now is privateer rider Brandon Leith. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Doing good, man. Just uh, ready to get this thing started. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Hey. Uh, you know, I, I really noticed you putting in the putting in the good qualifying times, and your results have been killing it lately. Uh, this past weekend, you went eighteen thirty two at Redbud, um, second moto, probably not what you wanted. Uh, but overall, how was your weekend? Uh, Redbud was a little rough. The first moto, we we had a bad qualifying there, so we had a rough gate pick, and then I rode pretty good. I charged through, and I passed up pretty far about 18th i think and then i actually stalled it <laughs> right in the mechanics area and my girlfriend's my mechanic so we locked eyes with each other and she's like go <laughs> so i sat there and kicked my bike for a little bit and then got going and finished that one off 18th and then the second moto i got a pretty good start and uh first lap i was probably being a little too aggressive because I was, I was trying to slice through the pack so i got up to a good spot at the beginning of the race because everyone separates out so fast and i went down pretty good and messed up my back brake so I, the second motor red bud was kind of a wash for us it just uh rode around and did what i could but definitely not what we wanted yeah man that's a bummer to hear i was i was watching the race and i saw your name uh around 30 30 second and i, I knew something had to have been up because your results this year have been uh right up there like 10 10 to 15 really uh so i knew something was up that's a bummer but Hey, that, that track looked gnarly, man. It looked like they ripped it real deep in practice, uh, and you kind of saw that with qualifying times. How was it? Yeah, it was way gnarly. It was the it was the first time I've been to Red Bud. This was the first year we've gone and done any of the East Coast races. So being from the West, it's crazy, like, how soft and rutted and rough everything is. Red Bud was, I mean, I thought it was the gnarliest track of the year. It was crazy that some of the turns would have two-foot deep ruts, and then the downhills would have huge braking bumps but then the next section would have square edge hard pack bumps it had a little bit of everything it was really hard to settle into a rhythm 
yeah, on TV, it seemed like, you know, one half the track, like right after the mechanics area, uh, you make that kind of 180, and that black dirt was super, mm -hmm. super ready. And then on the other side, like you said, it was kind of more hard pack with more square edge stuff. It's, you know, it's pretty crazy. It's got to test you out there, huh? Yeah, test you for sure. It was definitely an early national. Uh, so you, you said it's your first first year doing all the rounds, uh, and obviously last week we saw you go 16-10 for 11th overall at Southwick. So you, you're definitely doing pretty good in the soft stuff being from out west. Yeah, thanks. It's been fun. I love the Southwick. is awesome. We ride quite a bit of sand, and well, we try to ride quite a bit of sand in Utah because in the wintertime it snows, so you go to the desert, you know, and you ride sand tracks or whatever, but I actually haven't been able to do that probably in the last two or three years because I've been racing Supercross. So I've been going to California to ride Supercross in the winters, okay. but I've always loved the sand. So I was super excited for Southwick. That was probably like one of the things I was most excited for doing all the rounds. Yeah. I, w I, w I wanted to ask you that. I wasn't sure um, how the terrain was out. I've never been out in Utah. So I just figured it was all hard pack, kind of like Colorado is. Uh, but I, I do forget the desert is out there. So I guess there is still some sand. Yeah, it's the, all the like tracks that you race on are all hard pack and slippery. But if you go out to the desert, you can find some sand. You know, talking a little bit about your uh, 2018 outdoor season, we saw you on the 250 uh, in Supercross. Why why'd you make the move up to 450 for the outdoors? Um, it just made more sense for us with the 250. To have a good one, you have to rebuild the dang thing like every 10 hours. You know, so. I don't know how we would, I don't even know how privateer guys do it. Like, I don't know if they're shipping their motors off in between rounds or how they're doing it. But, um, yeah, it just, it was cheaper, more reliable, just all around better for us to do. Plus I'm, I'm probably like, you know, 165 pounds in, in the 250 class, you know, if you're racing like Alex Martin or, you know, most of those guys, they're, they're just little dudes. And when the tracks are ripped deep like that, it's hard to compete when their bikes are faster they're lighter than you. It just it made more sense for us to race a 450. Yeah, I I would definitely have to think the 250 is a little harder to maintain throughout the whole year. I know, uh, I'm, I know Jeff Walker. He goes to this, he lives in my area down here in Florida when he goes to school at FGCU, and now he actually raced a 450 at Southwick because his 250 was off getting rebuilt. So he kind of had to skip a race in 250s just for you know maintenance wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the 250s are they're spendy. <laughs> they're no joke. I bet. Um, but hey, you know, you first caught my my eye at uh, Thunder Valley. Uh, you qualified seventh, which was great. And I was, you know, your names always sound familiar with me. I just thought, you know, I watch all the races and stuff. I'm pretty into it, so I just thought maybe I've been seeing it. But then I remembered you you were top qualifier at the Seattle Supercross. Yeah, we did do that in the mud in Seattle. We got that one. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, how how was that, man? What was it like, you know, just seeing your name? Uh, or get, going lining up for your heat race and your first gate pick over all these factory guys? It was cool. It was awesome. You know, it it was it was obviously an advantage to be in the, the first practice because that track was so gnarly, you know, but it was it was way cool. It was, you know, it was awesome. Yeah, I wanted to ask, was that the muddiest race you've, you've ever ridden? It looks so yeah. gnarly. Yeah, for sure. Like, you couldn't even ride around the track. You, would, you were paddling around and just trying to survive and it was crazy and you know you made mention that this was the first year uh you're doing all all the east rounds as well uh what what was behind that decision well we were gonna just do the the first three like glen helen hang down <coughs> sorry about that in colorado but um one of the local utah series their boys race too riley and mccoy bra okay 
and it's like the RMX series and they were doing the whole thing. And so we just were talking to them and they were like, yeah, if you want, you can throw a bike in and, you know, come to the races with us. And so we just took advantage of that and we did them. That's, you know, that's awesome, man. It's definitely good to get a hookup like that. Uh, and then, you know, actually my next question was, uh, were you driving all the rounds? How, how are you doing all that? So you're just hitching with yeah, I, um, Yeah, I got lucky. So their dad, Gary, is driving the truck and trailer because he can work from the road. So he's been driving it to all the rounds, and then me and the boys have been flying back and forth. So it's been super nice. And when we get home, you know, you can train and eat good and stay on your normal program versus – staying in the hotel all week and trying to find places to eat and ride and all that stuff. Yeah, that, that's awesome you're flying out because I know um, just talking to some privateers, that seems to be like the biggest thing is, you know, like working on the bikes on the road and having it kind of hit like fast food places just because you're pressed for time and trying to find a place to ride during the week all while keeping your bike um, tip-top shape. So, you know, it's it's got to make it easier flying in and out of each round. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a lot easier to fly in than it would be to drive. That would be tough for sure so so we're talking a little bit more about supercross you made five mains this year uh was this your first year riding supercross no this was my second year riding supercross but this was um my first last year i didn't make any mains so this was my first year making mains okay okay that makes it i was looking at the you know the racer x vault uh you know just kind of keeping tabs and you know seeing what results you had and i only noticed this year but uh you made mention earlier so, uh, you know, I see you went pro in 2013. Uh, you know, it's 2005 years later, and, man, you're killing it. You're having the best results of your career. What what do you think's changed, and what have you, you know, been working on to get to this point five years after turning pro? Yeah, we went pro really early. When I, I went pro when I was 16, and what happened was we were going to go to the Reda that year in the B class, but then the year before, when I was 15, we hit too many qualifiers and regionals, and, we weren't paying attention, so I actually pointed out of the B class. Oh, wow. And, and so, like, our plan that year was to go to the Red Esmery Schoolboy 2 and B. But then we pointed out, and my dad, I don't know, I think it was more of a him being kind of spiteful and just sick of the amateurs. You know, he's like, all right, well, let's go to Hangtown. <laughs> so we went to Hangtown, and we were pretty unprepared. I mean, I was 16, and I'd been doing you know, amateur races, 10-minute motos, so then we went to Hangtown. But this year... A lot's changed. I've uh, my girlfriend quit her job, and she's been helping me a lot. She's been she got us on a good nutrition thing, which has helped a ton. And then I've just been training really hard and just doing everything that we want to do and can do to be the best we've done we've been. And I think that's made the difference. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's cool that you uh, you talked about your girlfriend being your mechanic. Uh, seems like more and more every year that seems more riders have their girlfriends in uh, mechanics here. I know. Brandon Shares got his, and uh, Bobby Piazza too. I was at High Point. Quite a, quite a few girls out there, uh, you know, uh, with the pit boards and stuff, giving you motivation. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's funny. Uh, so I want to I wanted to bring it way back here, Brandon. Uh, how did you get into motocross? How did you get your start? And uh, when did you really start making that push to go pro? Um, we started racing when I was like five, just like locally and stuff like that. And then we did the amateur stuff from probably when I was like. 10 and until I was 16 and so we we always wanted to go pro from racing the amateurs and stuff like that but I I just got into it my dad got me a, a dirt bike one year for Christmas and just kind of took off from there that seems how it all starts I know uh 
I remember waking up my Christmas, I think it was four with the JR50 under the tree. And I think it was to that's, this day still the happiest day of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's the bike I had too, the little JR50. So, you know, you've uh, got your first top 10 in a moto this year, 11th overall at Southwick. We talked about that. So, you know, what are your goals moving forward? Uh, and kind of based what your expectations were at the beginning of the year uh, to where they are now, now you've been putting in some, some great results. Um, at the beginning of the year, I didn't really know what to expect coming into outdoors. We didn't have that much time to get ready. I hurt my foot in Supercross at uh, Oakland. So it went Oakland, San Diego, and then that big West Coast break, and then Seattle. And so from pretty much Oakland until Seattle, I didn't ride hardly at all because I was hurt. And so that's usually a time when all the West Coast guys at least get like their outdoor training in, you know? And so coming into Hangtown, we were... We were still in pretty good shape, but maybe a little bit behind the eight ball as far as where we could have been if I wouldn't have got hurt. But as far as expectation-wise for the rest of the year, I mean, I'd love to get back in the top ten in a moto. You know, that'd be awesome. Or I'd love to get some better starts, too. That's a pretty good goal of mine. I want to start getting some better starts to put myself in a better position for the whole race. Yeah, that would, for, that, you know, that would uh, for sure help. Uh, you know, I, I race... Uh... You know, I'm nowhere near your level. I race off-road down here in Florida and amateur level. And, you know, the start really puts your whole race, you know. If you get a bad start and then you make some mistakes at the beginning, you know, it's all kind of downhill. But, you know, you can start up front with those guys. Uh, like we saw with, you know, Lucurcio, unfortunately, he crashed. But he was running up there this weekend with them. I'm sure that could really help you. Yeah, for sure. And there's a group of us that's probably like maybe ninth place to – almost 20th, that we're all super close, you know, like the Crucio's in there, he's probably at the front of that group, he's obviously really fast, but there's like a whole group of us that we could all kind of swap around, and if you could start in front of all of them, you wouldn't have to battle so hard, you know, you could you could get up there with, say, like, you know, Webb or Hill or someone like that and try and latch onto them and get a gap in front of the rest of the group that we're all in. Yeah, you know, it, I know, uh, I mean, obviously a couple guys are hurt kind of there in that 8 to the 12 range, 8 to 15 range. But, you know, it's, it's really awesome uh, to see guys like yourself, Brandon Scherer, he's had a, lot, a couple of great motos this year, Henry Miller, uh, LaCurcio, you know, get into that top 10. It, it's really cool to see guys like, you know, guys, privateers not that aren't usually in the top 10, you know, it's got to boost your confidence. And it's just cool to see, uh, you know, more guys up there. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome that we have a, you know, good results to where there, there's something to talk about instead of riding your butt off to get 18th. You know, you ride, if you ride your butt off and you get 10th, that's, you know, that's a big deal. Yeah. Have you like noticed more people coming up to you in the pits and stuff uh, now that you're, you know, putting in these results than before? Uh, maybe a little bit more. Uh, the local support has gotten quite a bit better for me. Um, is the most, this is the main thing I've noticed. Yeah, that's, you know, it's awesome. Uh, it's, everyone kind of want to root for the local guy. I'm down here in Florida, so I obviously root for like, guys like RJ and, and stuff. So mm -hmm. that, that's awesome, man. Um, so with uh, so five rounds left, which national are you looking uh, most forward to? Um, probably Washougal because that's the only one that I've raced before. I don't know if we're going to do the last three okay. kind of up in the air right now. I'm, I'm just on board with the, the RMX series. So whatever they do. I'll do it with them, and if they don't want to go, that's fine, too. So we'll do Millville and Washougal for sure, but I'm really looking forward to Washougal because I've, I've raced that one before, and I know what to expect. And it's uh, it's nice when you've already ridden the track when you go out for qualifying mm -hmm. versus, you know, hitting jumps for the first time and just trying to figure it out. It's nice to know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, it's just, it's got to be like a little extra confidence, you know, just 
you're not like you said you've only you haven't done these east coast tracks before so you know you really don't get that much time on the track before the moto so i'm sure like your whole first session you know is just kind of getting used to the terrain and stuff yeah and it's tough too because usually the the times come out of the first session you know so you gotta you gotta lay it down on a track you don't know <laughs> you know mm -hmm. so you're you're jumping like last weekend at redbud I jumped the leap, the, the rocker's leap for my first time during my hot lap, you know, so it's not like I had a, a bunch of time to gauge the jump up or anything. It was just like, hey, well, I'm going to go for a fast lap and gonna hit all the jumps this time, you know, <laughs> so it's pretty, it's not as bad as Supercross. Supercross is gnarly that way, but it'll be nice to go to Washougal and know which way the track goes and how the bumps form and be back on the West Coaster. Yeah, and it's fun. It's funny you said that because uh, mo most times you come out of the first session. I think we saw at Redbud, you know, a couple of local guys in the B practice really put in some top, you know, top ten times, like which made it harder for guys in the A session, uh, you know, to to get in. I know we saw some guys in the Conti that we usually don't see. Yeah, there's the Conti. I was looking at the Conti, and it was fast. Like there was a lot of good dudes in there. And it's like Chase Marquet got fifth in the Conti, so he didn't make the motos, but then he got in as an alternate. And got a top 20, you know, so it just goes to yeah. show you how, how much speed was in there. Yeah, and it's crazy how, uh, you know, you could be off someone in qualifying, but if you're in better shape and, you know, you can last the whole moto, you're, you're probably going to finish in front of them, even though they qualified mm -hmm. a second or two in front of you, you know. Yeah, and the times are so close because uh, there's so mm -hmm. many good guys, too, that, you know, one, li one little bobble on your hot lap can really, can really mess you up. Yeah, for sure. All right, Brandon, before I let you go, uh, who do you want to thank for helping you get to all these rounds? I'd like to thank my mom and dad, my girlfriend, RMX Series, for hauling us around. We wouldn't be doing the East without them. And then Strict Gear, 60 Helmets, Tasco Mountain Bike, Dust Jellies, DCX Boots, No Toil, Lucas Oil, just uh, everyone that supports us, supports us, thanks. Yeah, actually, uh, before that, before I go, I, that you just reminded me with the strict gear. I wanted to ask you about that, man. That they come out with some really cool stuff. Uh, how'd you get involved with those guys? Yeah, strict comes out with some super cool stuff. They uh, he does things a little different, you know. He like mm -hmm. the gear stands out, and I like it. I like how it stands out, how it's different from everyone else. It's not just the normal gear. But I got involved with them. My buddy actually was riding for him, and I was just buying gear at the time. We were going to go up to Canada in 2016 and do some nationals. I was like, hey, see if uh, another strict guy wants to help me out and give me some gear for the Canadian nationals because we were kind of doing like a little team type of thing, like traveling together and our bikes matched and stuff. And so the strict guy, he was, he was kind of hesitant on it, honestly. He was like, yeah, you know, I'll get you a set, whatever, a couple sets. So he sent me two sets, and then um, I went to Calgary, or not Calgary, Kamloops, which was the first round, and I got on the podium up there. And so that just kicked us off, mm -hmm. like, on a, a, a good foot, you know? And we've been going strong ever since. Yeah, I need to, you know, I need to get some new gear for my upcoming season, so maybe I'll look into those guys, because I was an alias guy, and now, you know, obviously they're not making gear anymore, so. But, all right, if Brandon. You do, go ahead. If you do, let me know. I can get you a discount code. Oh, man. I will definitely hit you up for that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brandon, for doing this with me, and uh, you enjoy the rest of your day. No worries. I appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, see you. Straight caught up in the game My life won't be the same Straight caught up in the game My life won't be the same
living the life, that's how I live Try to get out, tell me how to survive without my crew Armani's, Ferraris, casinos, hitting jackpots Good luck, I think not, we own the car from block to block City to city, all day, every day It's like a celebration for the criminal nation Hey, mate, wife and kids, that's what I need Wanna go out like a man, try to understand without blood on my hands Dear God, please save my soul, I put the rest on hold Not seven, I still got time to reach heaven A million reasons to get out, choose one, there's only one To put the 9mm to your dome, then you're gone Did I do right or wrong, tell me I might drop some tears from my eye, but you never see me cry Champagne, spit rhymes like crazy insane LA to stock town, different players caught up in the same game Am I right or am I wrong? Stay caught up